0: Good morning. This is Paul Donovan, Chief Economist at UBS Global Wealth Management. It's seven o'clock in the morning London time on Thursday, the 22nd of September. The US Federal Reserve raised interest rates by three quarters of one percent yesterday, which was expected. Fed Chair Powell then delivered some fairly hawkish comments, raising expectations about the degree of future policy tightening and warning that there was a risk of a recession of unknown severity. This was not the reassuring remark of a policymaker who necessarily knows what they are doing. Indeed, one thing stood out from Powell's comments. There was no explanation of what policy is actually supposed to do. At a broad level, the Fed Chair explained that policy would have to be restrictive to lower inflation. The end goal of lowering inflation was clear. But there's no explanation of how policy rate increases gets us from here to there. Are higher rates supposed to increase savings? Savings rates have been falling as the Fed has been raising rates. Are higher rates supposed to reduce credit? Consumers have been borrowing more as the Fed has been raising rates. Are higher rates supposed to increase unemployment and lower wage growth? Wage growth isn't behind this inflation. Real wages are catastrophically negative in their growth, nearly the worst in history. Are higher rates going to persuade Russian President Putin to retreat from Ukraine? Will higher rates improve the Indian monsoon season or lead to a bumper winter harvest in California? Will higher rates miraculously transform the composition of the fictional owner's equivalent rent? None of this seems likely, The risk is, therefore, that the Fed chair is living in a Pavlovian dystopia. Every time inflation numbers come out, rates will go up and policy is being driven by instinct rather than an understanding of what can be achieved with policy. Policy by instinct rather than economic rationality must mean that the risks of a slump are increasing. And now we have the Bank of England and the Swiss National Bank rate decisions. The Bank of England, at least, is more likely to offer a solid explanation, in economic terms, of the consequences of their actions. The UK had moved towards a slump scenario with the threat of higher energy prices. The government has now capped those prices, although, as the last couple of months of declining retail sales indicate, some of the damage has already been done. The UK government's fiscal plans will be formally unveiled tomorrow. The government is not allowing the independent budget watchdog to assess the plans, but market and think tank assessments are that these will be unsustainable, incoherent, and generally make things worse. The Bank of England will now have to directly fight fiscal policy as well as managing the post-pandemic environment and dealing with wartime commodity prices. For instance, the Bank of England raising rates to slow the housing market as Prime Minister Truss cuts taxes to stimulate the housing market. The Swiss National Bank is expected to raise rates to match the recent ECB 0.75% move. After the shock of moving on its own, the general expectation of the market seems to be that the Swiss National Bank will now revert to a follow-my-leader approach to monetary policy. The Bank of Japan joined the range of central bank actions by doing nothing. The Bank of Japan is supremely competent at doing nothing, having had a lot of practice at this. The question is whether Bank of Japan Governor Kuroda will now give some insight into the bank's thinking on future policy. Of course, with the internationally defined core inflation rate of 0.7% in Japan, the Bank of Japan is in a very different position from many other central banks, even the Swiss National Bank. That's all for today. Have a good day.